Tom Bernard here with co-host Catherine Brandt, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Doug Sprinthal, L.A. Nick, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Mike Molina. And we'll be right back, kick off our two Tom Bernard show. Doug. Thank you, Andy Williams. I don't know if you're a podcast listener, but we added one more to the riding group at the Tour de Cure. June 2nd, there's plenty of time to sign up and join the riding team, or if you just want to donate money, it all goes to the American Diabetes Association. If you do sign up, select the 26-mile route. I think we take off about 9 or 9.30, and it's done by noon, so it doesn't tie up your whole day. We had a ton of fun last year, and hopefully it'll be even more fun this year, because I think we're, we're actually going pretty close to your castle. You know that? We are? Yeah. I see the route's... Uh, the castle. The castle. I thought there was a Bryant Castle we were going Well, by. we're going by there, too, but I looked at the route. It kind of goes the Midtown Greenway out towards Hopkins and then back around Worth Park and finishes with a triumphant march right down Plymouth Avenue to Boom Island. So you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to pull the Rosie Ruiz and hop on right, <laughs> right at the house. You walk right out of the Elks Club, right? <laughs> I'm in first here. place. I walk right out of the Elks I'm in first place. I just won. I win. So if you want to sign up, go to the Tour to Cure website uh, and search for the KQ Walzer team and all the directions and stuff are there. Hopefully, hopefully more people will sign up because it really is fun. It's a great way to spend a nice June Saturday. Catherine. Yeah, Catherine. Is that this Saturday? No, no it would be a June Saturday. Oh, you know, it's June 1st or 2nd. June 2nd. Yep. June 2nd. Yeah, there you go. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Back hour two of Tom Bernard Show, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information. A lot of great guests on the show today. Thank you again to Philem McClear. The $18 billion, what was it called again? The $18 billion something. Oh, my God. Um, prize. prize. Squirrel. Yeah, the $18 billion squirrel. Um, after 20 years of marriage, Matt Lauer and his estranged wife are on the brink of a divorce, uh, an insider. It says here, a insider tells yeah. people. Oh, uh, just, yeah, just... Uh, yeah. insider. Hey, that was buddy. me. I could have told you that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, their split is not likely going to be a cheap one. The damage in this marriage cannot be fixed, another source says. The longtime Today host, 60, was fired from NBC last November for allegedly inappropriate, uh, for alleged inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace, putting more pressure on a long, strained marriage. I never knew he was married to Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen his wife? No, she looks like Woody Harrelson. Does, does oh. she not look like Woody Harrelson? Look at her. Who are we talking about? Matt Lauer's wife. I think she's Dutch. No, Is she, she Dutch? Doesn't. Yeah. She does too. Which era, no. though? The Cheers Woody or the True Detective <laughs> <Yeah>. Woody? <laughs> That's true. We got to find that out. Um, in any case, indeed, uh, her name, her, her actual name, is uh, Annette Roque, or Rock. Maybe she pronounces it Rock. R O Q U E. Indeed, Roke, 51, once filed for divorce from Lauer in 2006. 
sighting crew. Ah, oh, that was just a bad picture because there's another picture of her. She's actually a, an attractive woman. Well, so I'm just, sure she will because she's just going to be fifty million dollars more attractive <laughs> uh, at some point. A hundred million. Oh, okay. Ooh, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's. Uh, yeah. Cruel and in- <laughs> Indeed, Rogue 51 once filed for divorce from Lauer in 2006, citing cruel and inhumane behavior, though she withdrew the petition three weeks later. Rogue was one. How do you go from cruel and inhumane behavior to three weeks later going, nah, actually it wasn't. It's called money. Yeah, but how can <laughs> yeah. you go so overboard one way? Being an unstable individual. Yeah. yeah. yeah she is unstable. So is he, though. He's a, yeah. Like I said, I had to yeah. play golf with him in a I couple of tournaments. I never liked him, ever. Did you really? Yeah, I played with him in a couple of golf tournaments down at the Breakers. I don't even know who he is. He's just an arrogant jerk yeah oh. i never liked that he's got a morning anchor of a nbc yeah. national but come on doug who years? doesn't have a button under their desk that locks the door i i don't <laughs> i don't have a door that was like the cool thing to have in like the 70s speaking of buttons under it's desks like mr burns does anybody in this family know what the button in the kitchen cabinet of the house does i think it's an alarm yeah. It's an alarm. I it's it's a, a siren. It turns red. There was a siren on top of the house at one time. Yes. So, so if anyone yeah. knows, I bought Tom's Why? house, and there's a secret button in the kitchen cabinet. Well, it's and not I much can't of a secret now. Is. You just told 400,000 people. Well, it doesn't people. do anything. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. I'm pretty sure it was a panic alarm sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, we didn't know that. And whose bedroom? Who's would, bedroom? I, would you tell children that you had a button yes. in the house? Whose bedroom had the doorbell? There was a bedroom with a doorbell? Yeah. Some, somebody's bedroom has a doorbell on the outside. I think that might have been mm. other people that no, installed yeah. that. No, it's old. Huh. Yeah, I'm no, sure you weren't outside at the front door? No. Why? Because we're bedroom. two new bedrooms. Yeah, we, we did not put that in. I think I put in a doorbell. Yeah. Some, it's, oh, you it's, did? Yeah. It's, 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 like I thought... I think I bought one at like a hardware store where it was just like oh. yeah, it's just bolted it. to the door. I mean, uh, just bolted to the wall. Yeah, okay. that's weird. Why did you do that? So people, I would, I don't know. I felt cool. I don't remember, but I feel like I am just remembering this yeah, that I did you that. Had a were you a bit standoffish when you were thirteen? Maybe that was it. Get yeah. out of my room. I would have bet it was Andy's door, but. Well, yeah. which is it, the left one or the right one? It's the left one. That's yeah, Alex's. It's my room. Yeah. Yes. I remember doing that. That's yeah. so weird. I yeah. totally Andy, forgot about Andy that. Andy wasn't allowed to have a door for about four years. I had to take his door off. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. We've threatened to do that. He used that to with slam Junior. it so hard when he was mad at me. And I, and I, 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 then I just have, removed it. I have one more question. <laughs> Why is the bathroom door glass? Yeah. <laughs> I actually still have oh, dreams. Yeah. I have dreams that I'm in the bathroom and there are people out there, and I'm like, I can't cover yeah, all the glass. You can't. The why is the bathroom door I mean, glass? See through glass? Well, it's not. It's like, it was like a French door. It's glass. Oh, okay. It, it, it had a little curtain on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Everything in that but place had curtains on it when we moved in. There were a lot it was of curtains. Country there was French lot, house. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of matching floral curtain things yes. everywhere. There's no curtains, no more. No. Not anymore. No <laughs> curtains. What do you need curtains out there? What do you exactly. need curtains for? You're 300 yards from the nearest road. No. Well, <laughs> if you ate some, uh, you know, laxative lace brownies and you have to hit the head, you don't want anybody looking in. No, I mean you. the rest of the house. Oh, the rest. Yeah. Of the I don't want to cover this. Oh, you didn't hear about that woman? No. Apparently, uh, she <laughs> would. I wondered where that came from. <laughs> yeah, that I was, was going She was a. She and a coworker apparently didn't get along too well, and the coworker was leaving. So she said, "Oh, I'm going to make some brownies and try to try to make up to her." Well, she brought him in, but she told someone else about it, and that third person called the police, mm. and the police came and said, "You better hope she didn't eat one of those, because if she did, you're going to jail." Yeah, that technically qualifies as poisoning someone. It does. Does yeah. Visine? Because Visine does that yeah. too. Yeah, Visine. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm yeah, making absolutely. brownies tonight. Yeah. For my doula, but I'm not going to put laxatives. No, I don't You're put, any put Visine in it. <laughs> yeah, if you put Visine in somebody's <laughs> drink, they'll Gives like get the horrible yeah. diarrhea. I remember in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> In sixth grade, some kid put like Epsom salt in the teacher's coffee, which obviously you're going to taste. What? Yeah. But after she took a sip and realized, you know, what he had done, they, uh, yeah, they freaked out pretty bad on him. A lot of things. So this. back to the vise. How does Visine give you run? Oh, it does. Some chemical it, it does. It yeah. does. A lot of stuff's missed. Boy, like, I hope like there's sugar not a lot of gas eighth tank. grade boys listening mm, to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. No. That would not be good at all. All you eighth graders, don't do it. Yeah, Go sugar in a gas tank's a myth. Sugar in a gas tank can't do anything to a car. Oh, it won't do anything? Zero. Really? I didn't know that. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, see, I believed that. I thought it was true. No, total myth. I used to think that if you put the incorrect type of gas in your car, like if it needed premium and oh, you just yeah, did unleaded, yeah. that your car would just like explode or something. 
Well, the uh, engine will, you know, engine, it'll degrade. It won't like diesel. If you put uh, diesel in it, you'll be in trouble. That's a problem. Well, if you put gas in a diesel, you'll be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, my brother actually did that one time. Put he gas just, in yeah, diesel? He was like on it's a cheaper. road trip, and he, yeah. put, he just spaced out. He had a diesel car. Oh. Remember when those were a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he put regular gas in it. Oh, he had yeah. to stand oh, there and wait for someone long. to come and pump it out. Diesel won't hurt anything if you don't run it. Can be compressed more, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you put it, yeah, the gas wouldn't compress enough to even do anything. And no, just... and, and, and diesel works on glow plugs, not a spark. So oh. it would never spark it. It so would never run. what if you put diesel in a regular car? Same. Just, it, it's too thick. It wouldn't, yeah, it oh. wouldn't fire. It would mm. screw up the whole fuel system. See? All right, let's get back to Woody Harrelson. <laughs> no. Um, no, actually, sir. Where like is a, Woody now? Woody's really doing well. He was just in uh, Three Billboards Outside Emming, Missouri. I watched, I watched that movie. It was a good movie. It was a great yeah. movie. I thought it, was, it had some weird sucked. stuff in it, though. The ending sucked. Some stuff didn't fly. It was just no, too I over know. the top. No, I know. Like when they bomb, when they bomb the sheriff, when the sheriff's office yeah. get bombing. Come on, nobody's in the whole neighborhood's gonna know you see it or hear right. it. And nobody's right. gonna come. Yeah, I thought. See, I I love Frances McDormand though. I yeah. think she's just wonderful. Oh well, here's something. Uh, if anyone is listening and thinking the Visine thing sounds funny, uh, apparently people can go into a coma from it. So, whoa! Don't do that. Yeah, it's not funny. Well, it, it apparently does all sorts of like really bad stuff when drunk. Yeah, Visine's not good to put when in people's drinks. Drunk. Yeah, mixed when with you alcohol. Drink it. Drink oh, it. that's yeah. what it is. Oh. Yes, it has to be mixed with alcohol. <laughs> what the hell is in this stuff? <laughs> it's a tet- uh, tetrahydrazoline. So it, why is it okay to put it in your eye? It's actually not. It's not. Oh. My doctor said Visine is horrible for you. It, it's a. It's just. It constricts the blood vessels. So, and that's what makes she the said, eye less red. She said saline. Oh. She said Visine is not good for you. I at use all. those hippie Simulsan ones or whatever from Whole Foods. That's yes, all. the well-known Simulsan. Yeah, I think that's what it's called, Simulsan. Yeah, my eye doctor said do not use Visine at all costs. Well, you can use it. You know, like. Very sparingly, but it's not. I mean, constricting blood vessels isn't something you want to do very often. Dan uses those awful minty ones. Oh yeah, mint eye drops. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. What? Uh, that what sounds like it would burn. Yeah, they're, sure yeah. does. Yeah. They're, they're, they're awful. And he Roto? Uses... Roto? Yes. Yeah. They're mint. That sounds eye like drops. it would burn. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Like, and I don't he loves want them. mint in my eye. He's like, they're so refreshing. This expired in 05. Is that what <laughs> in, in your eyes? Uh, or 2010. I can't tell. And you're tell. carrying it around. No, I've been, I've been used it right before I got here. Oh, well. It only expired I have really ago. bad hay fever for like three or four weeks every year. Oh, right year. now. It's yep. terrible. Oh, the pollen. Yeah. Everything It'll go away but yeah. Expired visine would, at worst, probably just do nothing. Yeah. So. A baby. Uh, Roto eye drops. Apparently, kind of like pouring acid into your eyes, but good. <laughs> Mm. Really? How does that happen? Yeah, they have Apparently like peppermint. It does, it does like have like a minty burn to it, but then it goes away and it uh, feels good. Apparently, I don't like know. It's like a cooling sensation that he huh. says feels so good. Oh, like when okay. your eyes, because your eyes burn, you know, because they itch, and he puts them yeah, in. I'll, it. it's I'll like pass a cooling. on putting mint in my eye. I used them once when we were on our honeymoon. I was like, I need eye drops. My eyes are so dry from flying, and I was like, What are these eye drops? <laughs> It's Japanese. Well clean yeah. in your eye or something. Ray Charles signature series eye drops. <laughs> yeah, really. Your hand with me. I'm always afraid of like you know if an eye drops, if like I've opened it and then I didn't know exactly where it was at all times. I'm afraid this is going to be some eye eating bacteria on it. Just use saline. Eye eating bacteria. Paranoid. I'm not mm. sure. Let's dial it back Andy. All right. Eye-eating bacteria. You guys apparently don't no. want to hear any more about uh, the no, hundred million bucks. We don't. Why not? It's hundred million dollars. I don't care. I just want to read. The, I want to read the, the, the dollar mm. figure part of it. In November, Time estimated Lauer's earnings over his NBC career to be over hundred million dollars. For the last few years of his career, the New York Daily News reported his salary was twenty-five million dollars annually. The couple owned a Hamptons mansion where Roke lives. With their three children, and Lauer has been living in the guest house, according to a source. They bought it from Richard Gere in 2016 for $36.5 million. They also own a nearby Sag Harbor home that's currently on the market for $12.75 million, and a New York City townhouse that's for sale for $7.35 million. I have a question for you. Okay? In his career, he's made $100 million. Okay, $36.5 million. Plus 12.75 million is 48, 49.25 million. 
then you get 7.35 for another one. So it's 56, but 56 and a half million dollars. Where did you get all this money since you have to pay taxes on the 100 million? Oh, sure. It's all mortgaged well, out Plus, there. remember when the news broke, he also owned, uh, I think it was in New Zealand. Remember he was buying well, that's right, land. an island yeah, or a land yeah, or something. Yeah, he was buying an yeah. island or something, and he was in jeopardy of losing it because of his. Uh, there was a clause in it. So basically, they don't have any money because yeah, it's all mortgaged. It's all mortgaged. Yeah. So, most, most rich people, everything's fully mortgaged to the max. Really? Why do they do that? Because they can't write it off. Like over $1.1 million or something like that, they can't write off the interest? I guess. I don't know what that's all about, but um, yeah. Because after after you sell your buy your first home and then you sell it, and you made any money, you have to pay capital gains tax. Unless you yeah. buy another so, home. So so you just mortgage the hell out of it, so you don't have to, you don't have you don't own you don't own it. The bank owns it, so you don't have to pay anything. Well, that's very true. Uh, that is very very true. So I don't know I don't know how much either one of them are going to get. You only can homestead one home. No, you can't homestead two. Yeah, oh yeah, you can only homestead one. No, I can homestead yeah. one home. I thought I thought the husband could actually homestead one, and a yeah. wife can homestead. Well, but yep. one person can only right. One yep. person. Yeah. Yeah. One person can. Yeah, so that's exactly it. So and at one time it was even a minor could homestead. Really? And, I don't know and now really now you get one pass in your life for a capital gains tax. For two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't think that's uh, right. I think yes, it's it is. Every ten years or something. No, nope, it's once in your life. Did they change it again? Yeah, it's once in your life for two hundred fifty thousand dollars or less, capital gains. You get a pass. I thought it was five hundred thousand. No, no, it used to be. It's not anymore. Trust they me. Keep changing. I'm that just, all I'm the time. just going through this right now with our condo. Well, it's one time only, one pass, two hundred fifty thousand dollars profit. You get a pass on it, and that's if it's over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you have to pay capital gains tax. Really? Yes, that's what. That's the law right this second. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing your condo only sold for fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't sold at all yet. But. Well, yeah, but you just put it. Yeah, have you even put it on the market? I yet? just signed the contract with Kara Williams yesterday. That's what I thought. I, I knew you hadn't put it on the market last time. I well, it had to be cleaned out. Then yes. after you clean everything out, you realize you need to paint this wall. You need to do this. You need to <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. That that is the case. So I don't know. It, It'll all work out. Moving is a very stressful thing to do. Well, let's talk sure to Andy is. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Andy's all stressed I mean, out I just right moved 4,000 square feet condo into your guy's house, which is 4,000 square feet, and it's stressful. Yes. That's a lot yeah. of moving. It might be the, my least favorite thing to do. If we everybody's. And it's, it's always on, it's on like the top. A death in the family. Moving. Yeah. Divorce. And divorce are yeah. the, the but most stressful you know what? But you know what? I'll do. tell you what. This move hasn't been that bad because just being on that property makes you happy. It See? is relaxing. That property is just just beautiful. It's just it gorgeous is. property. How does it feel living at Mandalay? <laughs> 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 we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, May 21st, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I lost over 40 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. 
Call now to register for the Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth Dinner on May 21st. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. And it seems such a waste of time If that's what it's all about Mama, if that's moving up, then I'm moving out moving out and you don't have to pay as much tax as you think so i just i I didn't think that was right no i didn't think so so here's the new 18 tax law to qualify you have to own your home and use it as your primary residence for at least two years years out of the five-year period before you sell it um if you meet these rules you can exclude the 250 grand uh single and 500,000 married that's what i thought yeah Yeah, that's not a a one-time deal that's the law. As long as you're in there for yeah. so live there years. for two, yeah, at a, at every five our years. Our accountants, uh, we had we had two different people tell us to, a, re- a realtor and her accountant said it's one time in your life. Never listen no. to a realtor yeah. when it comes to law. <laughs> said, well, said the realtor. <laughs> Sorry, our, our account our accountant said the same thing. It's yeah. one time deal only. Yeah. That was that it's was not. Maybe that was some weird loophole or something. That was uh, uh, that's the way it was back in the eighties. So like well, long and, and complicated. That was Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo told us it's a one-time deal only. Mm. No, I don't think that's true at all. You can always trust Wells Fargo. Yeah, they do. They're really, <laughs> really. And that would make no people. sense. Most people don't live in a home more than eight <clears throat> years, and they move all the time. People move constantly. I'm never moving again. I know. Uh oh, Joe from Joe here from forever. Yep. Joe from Louisville just said I should fire both of you. <laughs> well, we don't really work here, so. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be a, Good luck with that. It's going to be a little difficult. Hey, Joe, we don't really work here, so. Exactly. That's Can exactly. I collect unemployment if you fire me? Uh, <laughs> boy, look at the you time. It's hard to make a claim. I'd love to stay in schmooze. Uh, Amelia Clark wants everyone to know that she doesn't play strong female leads, just female leads. In an interview with the Cannes Film Festival on Tuesday, as part of the Caring Women, that's K-E-R-I-N-G. What is, what is Caring Women women in motion? No idea. K-E-R-I-N-G. I don't care. It is a luxury group. Luxury oh, group. it's a luxury group. It owns Gucci, a wow. bunch of other stuff I've never heard of. Oh. Yves Saint Laurent. Balenciaga. Alexander McQueen. Bottega Veneta. Wow, they own a lot of big name stuff. Yeah, do they ever? Like LVMH. Yeah. yeah no wonder they're stuff. caring. Well, they're worth $12 billion a year, so. Oh, man. My brother said that he saw some sort of a documentary about like all these high end purses and stuff, bags. And it's all made in China now. And he said, and their cost is twenty dollars a bag. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Well, and yeah. they're charging thousands God, and thousands of dollars for this the stuff. Biggest, <laughs> the biggest con is eyewear. Or oh yeah. Sunglasses oh, and eyewear. Yeah. Glasses yep. cost nothing. Sunglasses, yeah. They cost nothing. They cost nickels, like nickels, like literally a nickel. Really? And they sell them for thousands of dollars. And they're all made in Italy. That well, all of those are <laughs> those are all like you're buying the status, really. Most eyeglasses are made by one family, Italian family. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kendall works with them. What the, what's their name again? Almost like 80% of all eyewear is made by one family. There's yep. a website called Zenny. I think it's Z-E-N-N-I. That's where these are from. And you can get, yeah, you can get like thousands of different sunglasses and they're all like 5 to $20. Yeah, these are progressive oh, bifocals and but, they're uh, $45. Yeah. But are they junky? Like no, they fall apart? No. Those are three years old. Are you thinking of Luxottica? No, well, Exotica is what where they own like lens crafters and stuff. Well, they're, they're an uh, Italian eyewear thing. Oh, the they, Del Vecchio family? Yes. There you go. That's who I'm talking about. Del Vecchio. It's the same thing with um, like pantyhose. I think there's one factory in New well, York that just thing. makes all of just, Every brand is made in this one factory. It's the same thing with food. They still make. I can't remember the last time I saw a woman wearing those. Oh, yeah. I know. They seem oh, kind okay. of out. Of style. In this country, and, in this oh, country, yeah. but if you go to other countries, they still wear them. Russia and Poland, every woman wears wears well, nylons. If you get dressed up, you wear black pantyhose. Well, I, okay, I, I'm pantyhose. not disagreeing. Sure. I just remember there used to be tons of pantyhose commercials on TV yeah. all the time. Yeah. I feel yeah. like those are because people don't wear nude pantyhose anymore. Well, in other yeah. countries they do. Who can't well, wear pantyhose? You. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you cannot. I'm not wearing pants. Very slimming. I noticed Pol- Russia, Russia, Poland, Czech Republic, they all still wear nylons. Mm. Keeps you warm. Do they really? They Absolutely. Because it keeps you warm. Yeah. No, they just, just, they just wear them for the looks. It's a fashion deal. And they wear like this, the, the, the line up the back of their legs. Yeah. They like that. So. The seam. I yeah. just got to find out if Joe started squealing again. <laughs> he just texted <laughs> over, Meryl Streep is a pantyhoe. <laughs> Oh, He's all over Meryl today. It's hilarious. That don't make no sense. That's very funny. That's very. I don't know why he did this, but I have a friend. I won't. I won't identify him. But it was back when I was 19 years old or whatever. I'm riding along with a friend of mine, and he gets pulled over by the cops, and the cop comes walking out, and it's a female cop, and she starts yelling at him about something. I don't know what he did. It was, Illegal turn or U-turn or whatever. He did something really wrong. And she's going, blah, blah, blah. She's just really yelling at him, right? Just won't stop yelling at him. And you did this. And you did that. And if you do that. And he just. <laughs> and I, I don't know how this even appeared in his brain. But he's just looking up at her. So I'm looking at the back of his head. And I'm looking at her screaming at him for like five minutes. And she stops. And all he said, responds is. Drop your pantyhose. <laughs> what? What the hell does that even wow. mean? I don't know. Uh, that means like, you're getting arrested, I think. Yeah, yeah. it did. Yes, yeah. it did. Yeah, it did mean he was getting arrested. I don't know what that would mean. Yeah, let's not say that. <laughs> I just think it, it, I think what he meant by it was, do you want me to just kiss your ass? That's what I think he meant by it, but it wasn't very uh. clear. Uh, in an interview at the Cannes Film Festival on Tuesday as part of the Caring Women in Motion talks, the solo uh, Star Wars story lead condemned the usage of the phrase strong women by journalists as sexist. Oh, my God. No, it's not sexist. There are strong oh, men and there are strong women. It's not sexist. People are going crazy, man. They really have they lost They are going brain. nuts. There are weak people. There are strong people. They there should are people take in the these middle. people and go have them live in some other country for another year and I see agree. how things are. I agree. Because they're 100%. only this. This craziness is only going on here. It is, isn't it? It's yes. a first world boredom thing. It's it's, it's yeah. a lot of people with too much money. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the what Phelan was talking about yeah. last people, hour. Yeah. It's yeah. like you know we've got. We got it made, so we have to make up problems. Oh, it's just That's like people. True, it's just yeah. like people that get really famous and really rich. They mm-hmm. always crash and burn with drugs or alcohol or some kind of crazy yeah. sex thing because they have too much time on their hands right. and too much, money. too much money. That's what this country's doing. Sounds great. <laughs> it does sound great. Actually, Catherine and I were just talking about that a couple of nights ago. The very thing that people who make money for do- not doing much work have guilt complex. Yeah. They do. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Why do I, and why am I the one that gets paid so much money for playing a guitar? It, it doesn't sit well with I me. have the opposite problem. <laughs> <laughs> I play a guitar and nobody pays me a damn dime. That is a huge problem to have. There's no question. About I have it. no guilt about making money. No, why should you? Zero. Yeah, no, I understand. Well, making money is one thing, but... It's the fact that they don't do very much for it that it gets to them, apparently. Hmm. That, they could uh, do know. all kinds of things to alleviate their guilt that would be positive. They could they could be involved in foundations, and yeah, there's that's a lot true. of people with a lot of need out there, and, and they would feel good about themselves, and they'd be helping somebody. They don't have yeah. to go do drugs and be crazy. Well, I understand. You're right. Have our guest. Uh, our guest is ready now? Uh-huh. Magnificent. I didn't, uh, is, it, is it on Skype? Yeah, because I didn't even hear it ring. Andy's got I it muted that. Oh, you did. Okay, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Stacy Horn joins us. How are you doing, Stacy? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. We're all here waiting to talk to you. Uh, ooh, damn, Nation Island, poor, sick, mad, and criminal in 19th century New York uh, by Stacy Horn. It's available, as a matter of fact, uh, became available yesterday, correct, Stacy? <laughs> That's correct. The Roosevelt Island of today is an odd stretch of land resting in New York's East River at two miles long and 800 feet across. At its widest point, it's a place you might go for a quiet residential escape from nearby Queens and Manhattan. But in the 19th century, it was a place to which you were sentenced, a place for the criminal, insane, and deathly ill. Yeah, Roosevelt Island. One of my I, best friends from college lives on Roosevelt Island. Oh, really? It's a cool sp- place, yeah. Oh, it is now. Haunted. No. <laughs> when did they shut down the jail on Roosevelt Island? That was in the 1930s, and 30s. it's when they 
Yeah, it's when they admitted that the penitentiary and the workhouse on Blackwell's Island was just so abysmal it couldn't be fixed. Yeah. So they bought Rikers Island and bought oh. uh, built replacement facilities there. That is right. Now, th- there's a, what do they call those, those, those skyway things? Like a tram. Like a tram. Like yep. a the tram. tram. Does that go to, to Rikers and Roosevelt or... No, 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 no. That only goes to Roosevelt Island. It only goes to Roosevelt. Rikers, okay. there's a bridge. There's a bridge, okay. But you have to have a pass to go there. Yeah, so so Roosevelt is the one that has the, that has the tram. Yeah, okay. Rikers, yeah. Rikers yeah. is still actually a prison, right? I okay. believe it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rikers Island. Except yeah. there's now an active movement to close it. Oh, there is? Yeah. We don't want active movement one to close support. all. <laughs> <laughs> now, Stacey, did you grow up in New York? I grew up on Long Island. Well, you did? Okay. Because yeah. uh, Catherine, my my wife and I used to live at 20th Street and Second Avenue. Uh, oh quite really? A oh yeah, it was wonderful. We loved New York. Yeah. yeah, I mean, New York's a wonderful place. It really is. There are I a few things too. to do there. Except for I will tell you this, Stacy. Being very young and making an, a decent amount of money and living in New York City is not a good thing because <laughs> you can get anything you want 24 hours a day. So it's not a healthy place for a very young person to live. Well, I will say that. Do you have some confessions yeah. that I need to hear? Yeah, con- thanks, for the tip. <laughs> thanks for the tip, by the way. I was basically just talking about getting Chinese food at 3.30 in the morning, so I don't know how severe that was. But, uh, well, you're know, not going to get in trouble doing that. No! See, this you might is get in trouble saying. from your doctor and 40 years later, though. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. You're yeah. young. You do whatever you want. Exactly. So you can get booze brought to your house. You can do whatever you want <laughs> at uh, any time. In the 19th century, Roosevelt Island was a place to which you were sentenced to place for the criminal, insane, and deathly ill, then called Blackwell's Island. It housed a lunatic asylum, two prisons, a poorhouse, and a number of public hospitals. It was conceived as the most modern, humane facility the world had ever seen, but quickly became, in the words of visiting Charles Dickens, a lounging, listless madhouse in all its naked ugliness and horror. That sounds bad. Yeah, yeah. that's... Now, Stacy, that doesn't sound good. No. No, their intentions were good. They were building on Rikers Island to replace facilities that already existed in Manhattan, mm-hmm. which were crowded and inhumane, so they thought building state-of-the-art facilities on what was then this lovely pastoral island full of fruit trees was, you know, a a revolutionary thing to do, and and they were going to reform these um, populations instead of imprison or kill them. And it just all went south so, so quickly. One, because they grossly underestimated how big um, these populations were. And two, just putting you know the poor, the man, the criminal on all together on the same island just reinforced this very destructive association that persists to this day that the mentally ill are to be feared and mm-hmm. that the poor are criminals in disguise. And then together with the people who are convicted of crimes, that they're all were to one degree or another guilty. And it was just so unfair. Who started that, that whole idea of turning Roosevelt Island into basically an asylum? Well, it was a decision of the city, and again, it it, it was a well-intended decision. Okay, um, right, right. Just one thing after another went wrong very quickly. What, what year? What year and was they, that? Go ahead. Sorry. What year was that? They bought it in 1828, and the first first thing they built was a penitentiary, and then that was followed by the lunatic asylum and the almshouse for the poor, and then hospitals to you know, take care of the sick in each of these groups of people, and then a workhouse for people convicted of minor crimes. But the workhouse was also ended up being the place where people who were homeless went. So vagrancy was a crime in the 19th century, and were a convict sentenced to the workhouse. So it must have been a rough place, because you're talking pre-electricity at that point. You're talking rough conditions. Exactly. No electricity, no plumbing. Yeah, that's, that I read this brutal, very man. graphic decision, uh, excuse me, description. Sorry, am I interrupting? No, no. not at all. We're just disgusted <laughs> with the <laughs> no <laughs> plumbing <laughs> part. No electricity, no plumbing. That's yeah, got to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. So continue on, Stacey. I tell you, it's... It is amazing. So, so again, looking at it, two miles long and 800 feet across, so it's not a tiny island at all. It's uh, it's pretty sizable. Who did it? Did the city own the island when this happened? They did, did. They bought the island. They bought. They so they did it. have they to buy it, the yeah. island. Yeah. 
And and did they buy the island from someone who was a good friend of the mayor or was it one of those deals? <laughs> they bought it from a family called Blackwells, and that's why it oh, was I called see. Blackwells okay. Island. All right. But they did all sorts of things because running these institutions were extremely expensive. Um, it's expensive today. And so they did things to save money, like using convicts from the workhouse mm. as nurses and attendants in the lunatic asylum. And that went just about as well as you can imagine. Stacy, I'm going to take a very quick break. That's okay? About two minutes? Okay. All right. We'll be right back in two minutes more with Stacy Horn right after this. Tom Bernardo. Chris Lindahl's here talk about people wanting to sell their homes, but uh, the problem is they don't know where they're going to go. That's right. Yeah. The biggest challenge right now is, you know, you can sell your house and you can sell your house for more money with the Chris Lindahl team. The issue is, is where are you going to go? You know, are you going to move in with your parents, your grandparents? Are you going to have a hotel, townhome for temporary housing? Or are you going to move in with Tom? Well, they're not going to move in with me. <laughs> they might move in with Chris, though, ladies and gentlemen. That's K-R-I-S, by the way. We have to reach right out to them. Where are they going to go? Yeah, so we have a you-don't-have-to-move-twice guarantee yeah, like where that. there's there's five steps that we take at the Chris Lindahl team where we put those things in your contract when we represent you so that you're protected. So you don't move twice. You're in control because you're the seller. And when you find a property, then you sell. It's a wonderful thing. So you've got the answer. I have the answer. Here we go. <laughs> That's why they're America's number one REMAX results team. We'll give the first five callers a free copy of Chris's number one best-selling book, Sold, chrislindahl.com, or you can call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ladies and gentlemen, Stacy Horn, our special guest. Thank you. How'd you fix that? You what? Oh, I had another window open. Stacy, I don't know what I'm doing. That's the problem. I've been hosting. <laughs> I've been hosting shows now for 48 years, and I still have no idea what I'm doing. That's why it works. <laughs> We're talking to Stacy Horn in Damnation Island, poor, sick, mad, and criminal in 19th century New York. Author Stacy Horn, whom Mary Roach is praised for combining off-fueled curiosity with top-flight reporting skills. All right, so are you, you are a reporter, or you were a reporter? Uh, no, I, I write nonfiction books, so I would say I'm oh. an investigator. Investigator, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the, the first contemporary investigative account of Blackwell's Island, Horn tells this chilling narrative through the gripping voices of the island's 19th century inhabitants as well as the period's officials, reformers, and journalists, including Nellie Bly, whose horrifying experience... Yeah. Now, people have heard of Nellie Bly, right? Yeah, she, she posed as a person with mental health problems, and she was committed to the lunatic asylum, and she wrote about it um, from within. Uh, she, she wrote a series of articles for New York World, and they caused a great sensation because people have been hearing about the terrible things that went on um, inside the asylum. One of the stories that I uncovered, for instance, um, in 1879, a pregnant inmate um, was put in a straitjacket, thrown into solitary, where she gave birth in that straitjacket alone. And that was not at all unusual. Alone? You said she did it alone? Yeah, she was in solitary in a straight book, straight jacket where she gave birth. Uh, did, they, did they also. I, I, I just, I can't fathom that. No. And I, I want to point out that over 40,000 to 50,000 people were admitted to the island yearly, and over 1,000 died there every year. And if you had. If you have Irish ancestors or, or also German ancestors who came to America via New York and the, they struggled when they first got there, as many yeah. immigrants do in the beginning, chances are they spent some time on Blackwell's Island. Really? Did, did they also imprison yeah. uh, typhoid cases there as well? 
Well, there was a hospital for contagious diseases, uh, but that was taken over by the Board of Health and moved to North Brother Island, and that's where Typhoid Mary was, yep. the most famous case. It wasn't this time. At this time, they were like experimenting with lobotomies and stuff. At that time in America. No, that no. was actually later. Yeah, later. that was that's the 60s. A, that's a more 20th century thing. Okay. Yeah. God, it's just I'm I'm reading all of this that you've written, Stacy, and it's just. Throughout the book, Horn returns to the extraordinary Blackwell's missionary, Reverend French, as he ministers to the island's sorry souls, battles the bureaucratic mazes of the Department of Public Charities and Correction. I love that. They had a Department of Public Charities and Correction. Uh, that's still not that's around. That's the island. That, that's, they're not still around, though, I wouldn't imagine. Well, it's now the Department of Correction which runs the prisons in New York. Right. And I forget the contemporary name for uh, public charities, but it has uh, used to be called the Department of Welfare, but now it's Human Resources. Yeah, something like that. Something or other. Mm-hmm. My mind is just blanking on the exact title. It's very long. It's human Services in Minneapolis. Human Services, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's probably what it is here. Stacey, one thing that I... That uh, he wrote a series of annual reports every year, and he is one of the few people that would tell the truth of what went on in the island, and he called it a daily tragedy. And there was a Senate investigation in 1880 after a series of really horrifying incidents in the asylum, like the woman that I just mentioned, the pregnant woman. And he was one of the few people that testified and said just how bad it was and gave examples, and he almost got fired for it. He almost got fired for just trying to tell the yeah, truth. His, his supervisor said, "If you if you testify, um, you're you're in danger of losing your position." And when the Senate committee heard about that, they subpoenaed him and made him come. And I, I include the exchange between the senators and him in my book because, it, I mean, it's funny in a, a terrible way. But the guy trying to explain why he sent this letter to French, the missionary. You know what's interesting to me, Stacey, is the fact that I, I do like to read history. It, it fascinates me. I love hearing stories like yours. But there are a lot of people now, uh, let's say of college age, that for some reason believe that there was a great number of people that had these very comfortable, wonderful lives and everything was just fantastic. And then other people were treated like dirt. Uh, but I, that group of people, as far as I can read in, throughout history, was less than 1% that had a nice life back 100, 150 years ago. That there weren't all, everybody had a great life except for this one group of people was treated horribly. I mean, that's not, it's not history. It's not true. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the the populations that we're talking about, we're talking about lower income and middle class people. Yep. Who is the larger group, that group or the Mm well-to-do? Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly these it. institutions were, yeah. No, that's a, that's a very good way of looking at it. Who do you think was a bigger group, the very, very poor or the very, very wealthy? And still that way today. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, right. It's still, still that way today. It is. It's true. And that's why and we have more. those are the people that were sent to Blackwell's Island. And the, the funny thing was that even the wardens of the prisons complained about this. They wrote in their annual reports, like, why are only poor people sent to prison? Why are wealthy people never sent to us? We know they commit crimes, too. What's the deal? And I have these um, annual reports. One of the best ones I called from was the Women's Prison Association, who went to the courts and sat and listened, and then wrote about the fact that the wealthy people who came in, if they were brought in at all, their cases were dismissed or they were given a fine and sent home. And it was, once again, only the poor that were sent to jail. Well, it's still that way today, especially in where I live in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, because poor people can't afford to pay a lawyer. They can't afford to they get a public defender who doesn't really do anything. And they can't afford to pay the fine. Right. So if you can't afford to pay the fine, you have to do the time. So rich people can just give out the money and right. go home. Right. But if you don't have any money, exactly. you got to do the time. Exactly. That's the, that's probably one of the more depressing things about my book is like these terrible things that I'm describing still go on today. Yeah, it still exists. Well, it's interesting. There's a, there's a paragraph I was about to read. Stacy Horn shows us that the problems faced by the staff, inmates, and patients at Blackwell's are sadly similar to the issues plaguing our systems for incarceration, mental health, and aid to the poor today. Damnation Island reveals how far we've come in caring for the least fortunate among us and how much work still remains. So you you address that face uh, right you know, head on. Yeah. 
my book ends in 1895, and it was actually a fairly upbeat year. Well, maybe upbeat is not the right word, <laughs> but the... the <laughs> The, the departments that were running these institutions were acknowledging, okay, we didn't do a great job, we're going to fix things. And they, they took certain steps for each institution, which were very positive and very hopeful. And I end there, and then I have an epilogue, and so I, I researched um, mental health, um, criminal justice, and, and welfare in the United States. And even before I started researching where we are, I mean, I knew that we still hadn't gotten it right. I knew there were problems in every one of these areas, but when I looked deeper into each of them, I just saw how bad it was. For instance, researching Rikers Island, I read this Department of Justice report about teenagers are treated on Rikers Island. Mm -hmm. I mean, first, the fact that we have teenagers there at all is just horrifying. Uh, but the, I cried reading that, that report. You know, it's interesting, Stacey. We just got a comment from a listener saying that... Um, that the island is haunted as well, they, that, that many, many people believe, uh, and they say they have proof that the island is haunted. Did you ever come across any information on that? No, but I would love to hear more. I actually wrote a book about uh, Duke University, had a parapsychology laboratory for about 30 years mm -hmm. where they investigated instances of the paranormal, and so I looked into that for a while. But uh, no, I didn't come across any stories whatsoever about that. I, I mean, it, if there's such a thing, I can't think of a, a place more likely to have right. haunted souls than Blackwell's Island. That, that's an amazing story. Stacy Horn is the author of five nonfiction books, including Imperfect Harmony. Horn's commentaries have been heard on NPR's All Things Considered. You know, they have a few listeners to that show. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> and she is the founder of the social network Echo. You still do live in New York City. I do. I probably will never leave. Did you ever go to Maialino over at the Gramercy Hotel? No. Oh, my God. It's the best Italian restaurant in America. But it's... bring all your money. <laughs> but bring all your money. <laughs> you, have sell, you have to sell your house first. Yeah, bring all your money. Do yourself a favor, Stacy. Uh, go over and have dinner at Maialino at the Gramercy Hotel. It is just spectacular. Have your publisher bring you. Yes, have your publisher. Yeah, <laughs> they can pay. That's exactly you hear right. that, Algonquin? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been just a wonderful talk, and it's been a great conversation. I appreciate all your time today. Damnation Island, poor, sick, mad, and criminal in the 19th, in 19th century New York by Stacy Horn. It became available yesterday, so it's in bookstores everywhere, obviously on Amazon. Unless, of course, Amazon Prime went up in price again today. You know what happened to me yesterday, Stacy? And this upset me. <laughs> what? So I wanted to go on. There's a show called Silicon Valley that I just love. I absolutely love it. Uh -huh. Catherine, my wife, loves it as well. And we're going to watch it last night. We've seen the first three seasons and two episodes in season four. So I tried to hop on it last night. It shuts me out. I have to sign in again. And it was free, by the way. So I mm -hmm. sign in because they, they upped the, the price of Prime, what, by $19 or yeah. something? Yeah, big jump. Something like that? I'll tell you. You know why, right? Mm -mm. I'll tell you later. Okay. Because Jeff Bezos likes money? No, nope. yeah. I'll tell you later. Okay, well, here's the problem. I try to sign in to watch Silicon Valley, and all of a sudden, each episode is now $2. It's oh. no longer free. They took it off Prime. Well, why would they no. take it off Prime? They you know why? The Probably because we've been doing such a good job pimping yeah, the show. <laughs> the ratings went up. They should be paying say, us. I was just saying, her true. book sounds like a great TV series. Yeah. Oh, absolutely it does. It does. To do a TV series on that prison set back in that uh, day I, would be a great TV it series. It would be, right. I feel like that show with Jessica Lange, what was that thing? American Horror Story? Oh, oh. Asylum. Yeah. Did they, I think they did a show from there or about that island yeah but just sure. to do it real a real Asylum. time period yeah. a time period series set in that oh present. i agree be I'm awesome sure. like the new oz you guys watch oz when yep. oz was yep. out yep. Scary. absolutely stacy you should well it does make a brief appearance in the show the alienist did you see yep. that yep the alienist and they had a scene in the lunatic asylum it was terrifying i would imagine you should put the pressure on though since you you sell so many books they should make a tv series out of this book. they really should that would be a great series 
Well, of course, I would love to see that happen. You should, you should hit up Netflix. They're buying, they're buying shows right yeah, now like content. crazy. Yeah, you should have your agent call Netflix and, and Amazon and pitch Netflix it is buying and buying and And we'll buying. only take 2%. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was my idea. I want five. Yeah, he, wants, he wants five. Okay, so now it's seven. <laughs> Stacy, you're a great guest. We appreciate all your time today. Wonderful, wonderful uh, subject and book, and it should be a TV series and i hope mm-hmm. next time we talk it's to promote your tv series that'd be wonderful <laughs> awesome. thank you so much for having me i had a great time it's all, we had a great time as well thank you stacy stacy horn ladies and gentlemen again damnation island poor sick mad and criminal in 19th century new york what a fascinating subject that would be a great show it you would go so you can do so much with it it'd be endless have you guys ever seen a show called the nick no. It's a medical drama set in New LA York Nick? City in the early 20th century, like 1905 through 1910. And it has a lot of these. It's really, it was about two seasons long. It was really good. Kind of hard to watch because there's a lot of operating scenes. No. Ooh. But just that story she was talking about. <laughs> the, the, the girl in the straitjacket having a baby. I mean, just that oh, episode. Oh, my God. That was phenomenal. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the mean, girl you'd have to job. be just brutal. But that would be a great episode. Someone. I mean, just that alone. That, yeah. But it'd be endless episodes. You could just go on forever. No, you're absolutely right. That, that seriously, damnation. I wonder if now. Democrats were in charge back then. Oh, Can we look that up? <laughs> I'm just going to oh, follow up, Doug Lee. They are 100% were. <laughs> this was 1880s? Like, 100%. New York's always been run by Democrats. Well, yeah. Mm. Always. Was, was well, except, for when, Dutch, except for when the Dutch were was in there. It, uh, there was, a, no, it was, was actually it, re- it was Republican Tammany, until yeah. they um, made it illegal to drink on Sundays. Uh-huh. What? Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah, and then they, and then they all like turned. They the all history turned. of the world. Mm-hmm. The like sheer amount of alcoholism in human history. <laughs> oh yeah, is disturbing. Oh, it is. Oh yeah, it's, it's very disturbing. Uh, oh. You know how she said 1895 was like when things got cheery or whatever? Mm-hmm. They elected a Republican that year. Oh! Uh, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but there was a Republican in power 1880 to 82. Yeah, but see, back then the Republicans were cool. I mean, you had Teddy Roosevelt. It's totally and, different. Yeah, it was. They just it was went, a totally different party. Yeah. It was really a North-South thing, not a it really was. Republican-Democrat deal. We'll take a break. Be back in just a few minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Yeah.